This is Artist Stories featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. I'm your host, Janae Sanchez, and today I'm with Ashley LaRussa, owner of Rue Events and community organizer. Welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. So as you know, this is my first podcast. So uh, we're doing this together and I'm so grateful that it's with you. Uh, We've been working together the past few months and we'll talk about in which ways you're working with the Arts Foundation and how how our listeners can learn more and get involved. But before we go there, I wanted to talk to you about what you were doing before you moved to Tucson. I know you were based in New York and working in the field of theater. Can you talk to us about what called you to the desert? Absolutely. I had the beautiful chance of working in upstate New York with a summer stock theater before being hired here in Arizona with Arizona Theater Company. So what pulled me to the desert was the uh, hiring at Arizona Theater Company as their assistant to the stage manager. So I was able to truly look at all of the activities and plays and musicals that Arizona Theater Company would produce uh, yearly. And I was with them for 10 years, being able to not only work in stage management, but also move into the administration field and learn how theater management evolves and how you choose certain plays and musicals for your season. Wow, that's so interesting. And how long have you been in in Arizona? I'm approaching 13 years now. I truly fell in love with the landscape of Arizona and knowing that Southern Arizona is so different from Northern Arizona, how you can go from, you know, complete desert to snow and mountains. So I fell in love with the landscape and decided to stay. Oh man, that's amazing. So You are really a champion in the fields of theater, event management, and diversity, equity, and inclusion work. Can you tell us a story about how you do this and what inspires you to do this work? Oh, what inspires me? Uh, It's truly representation. You know, looking through the works of theater and working especially with August Wilson plays, working with the representation of the Black story, especially in America, I wanted to transpose those skills and opportunities towards my business. And so once I navigated outside of theater and started to do diversity, equity, and inclusion consultation and event management, I wanted to keep representation as a vocal focus point. Uh, to make sure that we are completely representing the community we live in, making sure that African-American and Black individuals are represented. We're here. We're a small percentage in Arizona, but we're thriving when it comes to entrepreneurship and small business. And so it became really important to make sure that I kept those tools handy 
and making sure that we continue our story of resilience. Mm, that's just incredible. And I'm sure you have lots of influences. Can you name a few, whether it's in the arts or in equity, diversity, and inclusion work? Absolutely. So I, you know, I named August Wilson, which is definitely an influence when it comes to theater management and theater arts. I also would love to give a shout out to both of my grandmothers on my mother and my father's side and seeing their influence on their communities when they were in Lafayette, Louisiana and Port Arthur, Texas, and how they were able to build community amongst individuals that felt defeated in the face of oppression. So I would definitely like to mention my grandmothers. Um, I'd also uh, look towards diversity, equity, and an inclusion work and look towards um, individuals that have been working in this field for a number of years. Um, you know, to name just a few, um, I'm, I'm really strongly uh, aligned with those who take race and put those in the forefront of discussion. And whenever I'm discussing race, I look at courageous conversation. And, you know, um, courageous conversation has been a technique that has been used not only in schools, but has also been used in corporate and nonprofit spaces when it comes to discussing how we can collaborate together, how we're able to build with one another. And so I'm always inspired by books that I read. I'm always inspired by plays that I read and movies that I've seen. So to just name a few would be a very long list, but mm -hmm. I'm very inspired by my surroundings of individuals that have been doing this work for decades. Thank you for sharing, Ashley. I love this question, and this is a, a question that I'm inspired to ask because of uh, Eva Romero's use of this question in, in the podcast. Can you tell us what is your artistic route? Any story that relates to this route that has brought you to this moment? Ooh, artistic roots. This is a great question. I can recall a time, you know, of a very young black girl, age six or seven, just starting out in, you know, her first or second day of school. And, uh, you know, I grew up in Port Arthur, Texas, which is a very small refinery town. I went to a Catholic school. I was one of the only, if not a uh, few, black girls that attended Catholic school. And I became immensely interested in creativity. So the courses and classes we were offered in the arts um, came about with the name of show choir. And what show choir was, was the opportunity of singing and singing religious music, but also being able to express yourself physically. So I was able to learn a number of gestures with ASL and sign language, as well as expressive dance. And that's where I really found how passionate I was about expressing your own emotions and your own focus uh, through your body. 
and, and realizing the connectivity you have with the audience. And so that very first performance of being in our, I think they called it like a cafeteria auditorium space, you know, in the day it was the cafeteria, but by night it became a theater, um, an auditorium. Um, I was able to do plays and different musical pieces and really feel and see the audience cry or applaud or cheer and feel that connectivity and that messaging. I knew I was tied to something that I would love to do for the rest of my life. And through that experience, I was able to trust in doing more theater in middle school and into high school. And then finally, when I got into my collegiate years and understood and, and, and you know, the opportunity to understand uh, stage management, to now figure out how they make this magic happen behind the scenes. Um, it's truly just been the thread through the fabric of my creativity and uh, professional development. And then now, you know, fast forward, I've started a business, Rue Events, which is focused in event management that works with nonprofits and corporations who value diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm truly able to figure out how we can incorporate creativity and representation with our annual fundraising events. And so again, I always think back to that six or seven year old girl, you know, doing sign language through a musical and feeling the love and feeling the hope that our community can build together. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. I think this is a perfect segue into my question about how you became an entrepreneur and you know that has this beautiful focus of event management but hearing you speak about this story and this this historical thread in your life I think it just really deepens my appreciation for for anybody who's working in community, in event planning, bringing people together, thinking about stage management, right? This curation, this coordination, or even like a dancer would choreograph, right? There's so many moving parts in, in the work you do uh, at Rue Events. So I love, I love all the threads that have led us to this point. Can you Talk a little bit about how you decided, like what was that moment when you knew you wanted to transition and, and work as an entrepreneur? Oh, great question. It, it came about in my 10th year with Arizona Theater Company. You know, the, the theater company really opened up the opportunities of working in different fields. So as I said before, I was able to work as a stage manager in production, but then I was also able to work in administration and attend board meetings and learn how to facilitate a budget through a fiscal year. Um, and so when I got to that point, I really looked inside and said, wow, I have the tools to build my own to really build my own mission, to outline my own values. And if I value specifically the uplifting of Black Americans, I can do that. I can create a business that, you know, truly 
focuses in on a specific demographic that needs amplification. And so that came about, you know, in 2000 and I believe 17 that I started considering becoming an entrepreneur. And honestly, when I looked up an entrepreneur, you know, and what that meant, you know, a quick Google, I automatically see, you know, Silicon Valley <laughs> and see, you know, tech startups and see, you know, white male, you know, young um, individuals that have, you know, made millions of dollars off of a certain idea. And I was like, well, that's an interesting definition of what an entrepreneur can be. But, you know, can I be an entrepreneur with some of the innovative ideas and initiatives I have in mind? And I said, heck, yes, I can. And why can't I not? And so I just jumped off the cliff, as they say, in entrepreneurship. <laughs> you know, you just jump off and you hope for the best. And it's risky and it's frightening. And that very first year, my goal, you know, was just truly an aim of making um, at least half of what I was making salary as, uh, you know, in my profession before. Um, and to make that goal was a plus. And now to be in my third year and have, you know, tripled that amount um, is truly uh, a testament testimony rather, um, to show that it can be done. If you're passionate about your mission and if you're passionate about the community that you're working in, it can be done. And so I haven't looked back since. I've been so independent and happy. I feel like my health and my mental health is better knowing that I'm working passionately directly in what I want to. And the partners that I've been able to work with and the community members have been a huge plus. You know, not only am I working with one nonprofit, but I'm working with a number of nonprofits and corporations that want to support the same mission. And so community building is just something that has become so passionate in this development of this business and I recommend to all those who are considering entrepreneurship to truly look into it and not see it as something that it can't be done because you may look a certain way, but see it as an opportunity to get your mission out there. Super inspiring, my goodness. You know, I know you, you, you're in your third year. Two of the years happened to be uh, during a pandemic. And, and so, right, so you had to really shift your business model this past year. And with that in mind, can you share how, what, what is your vision for the future? Knowing, right, you, pro you started your business with one vision. Has that shifted these past few years and how? Absolutely. What's shifted is the flexibility. I, I feel I was more rigid before COVID, and that just comes out of habit. That comes out of being from a production event management background where these are our dates, this is our venue, these are the messaging and you know communication we're sending out to the public. It's truly been flexibility. Um, and being able to be fluid in the moment, 
of what's necessary. You know, if we're unable to still have an in-person event and it has to be virtual, being able to make that adjustment, you know, and being able to then have the steps to follow that. I found myself talking with clients where at first we were, of course, let's do 250 people, round tables, convention center style, buffet, to, okay, no, we cannot do that safely. <laughs> so this will be a virtual event and what type of uh, packaging and party boxes can we send and lunch or dinner opportunities that we can build or have people pick up. And it just, it just made me more flexible in my business. It made me more of a yes person versus a hesitant, no, I'm not sure individual. And I think that was for the best. So in a way, even though these were very trying times, it truly brought out a positive aspect on how you can navigate your business and stay profitable. Right, right. And profitable, flexibility, and hybridity, would you say, is <laughs> yeah is, um, the hybrid the world? Yeah, the hybrid world. So I think that's a great segue into open studio tours. So we are so thrilled that you are working with the Arts Foundation on producing the 2021 Open Studio Tours, which is one of the the largest self-guided showcases of artist studios and creative workspaces in the region and has been running for over 10 years now. Can you share what we can expect for the 2021 OST event and how artists and community can get involved? Okay, yes. So firstly, I have to give a huge shout out and thanks to the Arts Foundation. Again, another beautiful organization to be able to work with and be able to collaborate with during this time of a hybrid situation. The previous year, Open Studio Tours only had virtual components because of COVID. Um, and then this year, one of the huge highlights is that we're able to now start in-person tours. So a number of the artists are able to open their doors to their studios, or if they have shared spaces and warehouses, to now invite the public and community into seeing their works. And so that's a huge highlight to be able to offer in-person tours. And um, we're still going to continue with um, the opportunity of Zoom tours. So if you wanted to register and, you know, um, organize an opportunity of seeing them via Zoom, we'll still have that, as well as the opportunity of doing a, a virtual tour of their studio. So we have currently, and this has been added, last year there were 95 artists we're currently adding 20 new artists to date uh, to that listing for this year, and it's continuing to grow. And you can go into each artist listing, and some of them have a video tour of their studio. And so you get a chance, even from the safety of your home, to see their studio. Um, and so it's really exciting for the opportunity of this hybrid opportunity 
uh, with Open Studio Tours because not only do you get that virtual aspect, but you now have the chance of seeing them in person. And this weekend on Saturday, we're doing a mixer. It's an artist mixer. We'll be at the YWCA, uh, which will be the new home for the Arts Foundation of Southern Arizona in Tucson. Uh, so it's a chance for our members to see their new home, as well as a chance to have a conversation about this year's open studio tours. And so that starts at 5 p.m. this Saturday, and we'll get a chance to truly meet some of the artists as well as meet some of the community members that will be patronizing these artists. Yes, I truly can't wait. I will be there. <laughs> so, okay, so let's say I am based outside of Tucson, but I want to participate in open studio tours. How can I get involved? And is there a deadline? Yes. And so firstly, if you are outside of Tucson, know that we have opened up this year the opportunity for Southern Arizona artists as well. And so if you're interested in contributing a virtual component in Southern Arizona, you can still do that. We are looking in the future of potentially having in-person tours for Southern Arizona but know that you are more than invited to submit a listing um, as well as let us know of any Zoom or um, online tours that you can add to your webpage. And so, you know, we start December 3rd to December 12th and we do have our deadline of submitting your listing coming up here within a week in November. Um, but we also are potentially going to extend that deadline into after uh, uh, Thanksgiving on, on Black Friday. So um, just know that you have this month of November to get involved. And if you're interested as an artist and you're just starting, note that this is the perfect program for you. You don't have to be an established artist to join. We encourage those who have been in business as artists for a number of years and decades to join us. But if this is your first year, please do start a new page. And you don't have to have a website. You can use your social media as your website. You know, use your Instagram as that point of contact for you. So the opportunities are endless for Open Studio Tours this year. Fantastic. And I just want to emphasize, so when we say Southern Arizona, Southern Arizona encompasses all communities between the Gila River and the U.S.-Mexico international border, including the Akchin Indian community, sovereign nation of the Cocopas, Ketchin tribe of the Fort Yuma Indian reservation, Gila River Indian community, Pascua Yaqui tribe, Tahona Odom nation, and San Carlos Apache nation. All artists who reside in the service region can participate, which is amazing. Thank you for that. So Ashley, I would love to know, what are you working on right now? I know you're working on so many different projects, but do you, do you want to highlight 
Is there anything you want to highlight or something we can expect from Rue events in the future? Absolutely. I'm always eager to highlight different community events that are going on. I'd firstly like to give a shout out to an event that's coming up next weekend with the Girl Scouts of Southern Arizona. We are doing their Over the Edge event and Rue events has been contracted this year to help collaborate on some of the planning for Over the Edge. And so if you don't know about Over the Edge, please visit the Girl Scouts of Southern Arizona website to read more about sponsorship and read more about what they're doing with individuals propelling off of the building on Broadway at 5151 Broadway. That'll be next week, Saturday. Um, so please do check us out. I also wanna give a shout out to our community partners at the Greater Phoenix Urban League of Young Professionals. We are doing a shop small scavenger hunt for black businesses. So we are encouraging everyone to download the Blacks Friday app. That's B-L-A-X Friday app. And through the app, you're able to locate black businesses throughout Arizona. If you shop at these small black business owners, you're able to win certain raffle prizes and, and different opportunities, depending upon if you're in the Phoenix area or Tucson area. Again, this is in collaboration with not only the Greater Phoenix Urban League of Young Professionals, but also the Tucson Urban League of Young Professionals. And then, uh, you know, just to name another event that I'm super excited about, this will be coming um, later on at the end of November. It's our Soul Food Wednesdays. And Soul Food Wednesdays has been a true community event with Blacks Friday, where we have Black business vendors come out at the MSA Annex and have tables and selling their products and services amongst community members, as well as two Black-owned food trucks that will offer seafood and different types of plates and barbecue. So it's more about us just making sure representation is uh, the focal point and that we are all collaborating together throughout this community. So if you have a chance, please do check us out at Soul Food Wednesdays. That'll be November 24th. That's gonna be a really busy Soul Food Wednesday because it will be one day before Thanksgiving and also in the week of our Blacks Friday, Black Friday collaboration. More info to come about our collaboration when it comes to Black Friday, because we have our holiday shopping guide. And by holiday, that's spelled H-O-L-L-A, holiday, we will be highlighting different Black businesses in their Thanksgiving and holiday menus as well as different services and products you can purchase for our loved ones this holiday season. And so we have so many things lined up and we're just really excited about the growth and the support here in Tucson and in Arizona. Ooh, wow. <laughs> Ashley, I'm blown away. Um, just, I love your story and what you are doing in the community in collaboration with the community is deeply inspiring and i just want to thank you for the work that you're doing oh, thank you thank you for the opportunity and the platform to be able to share it with our community 
So I appreciate the chance of just speaking with you this evening. Thank you. This has been Artist Stories with Janae Sanchez featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to the full podcast, visit kxci.org. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez. Support for Artist Stories is provided by Benjamin Supply, presenting a full spectrum of hardware and plumbing fixtures for kitchen and bath and their Gallery 2 Sun, offering national and local art in both the Tucson Warehouse and transfer buildings on 6th Street and 7th Avenue. With products available at Will Call, they are currently open by phone at 777-7000 and at benjaminsupply.com or gallery2sun.com.